are you typing in unlicensed background music? <clears throat> Speaking of unlicensed background music, um, what have you guys been uh, listening to? Um, you know, any new albums or uh, music unlicensed you guys been checking out? Music mostly. What is this? Acid Paradox Galaxy. Oh my god. I don't know if this is... I don't know if this is YouTube appropriate. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) What have I been listening to? Listening to a lot. uh, Listening to a lot of Led Zeppelin. Listening to some uh, Pink Floyd. Um, the Alabama Shakes. Cool. If you ever listen to the Alabama Shakes. Yep, They're pretty good. Uh, Blackberry Smoke. Which is like, uh, you ever listen to the Black Crows? Okay, yep. They're like a a modern, it's kind of like the Black Crows. It's like a country, like hard country rock. Okay. They're pretty good. Uh, Wolf Mother. Right. I just started listening to. They're pretty great. And, uh, you know, uh, Massive Attack, Hmm. Trip Hop, some pretty good songs there. And uh, that's about it. Um, Other than that. I try and listen to like uh, one album a night to unwind. Cool. But lately, I've been getting into like trip hop, massive attack. I've listened to Mezzanine like three or four times in the past week or so. So it's pretty good. It's very relaxing. Um, it's like a combination of electronica and uh, like it's like heavy synth with like weird dark lyrics and hmm. just a. It's a very uneasy feeling but it's it's calming at the same time it's okay. good i like it a lot i recommend uh i recommend it definitely hmm. it's a genre that doesn't happen anymore it, it peaked in the like mid to late 90s and then just disappeared right which is strange but it's good massive attack mezzanine uh sean linehan got me into him okay so that makes sense classic yeah. yep <laughs> He cool. likes uh, he likes odd stuff. Like That's Dredge. awesome. Yeah, uh, Dredge is pretty good. He got me into that. See, I feel like I've heard of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the other one? Sixth. He got me into. Oh, Sixth, Sixth is oh, yeah. great. Sixth is really good. Sixth released both an album and an EP in the last year, and both of those are great. Yeah. I was actually uh, going back and listening <laughs> to. Uh, Death of a Dead Day. Yep. And that, that whole album is just yeah. Bland Street Bloom is one of the best yeah. one of the best songs of all time, on my in my opinion. It's in my like top twenty five for songs. Easily. Like if I had to put obviously my top twenty five favorite songs that's in there somewhere. I mean the dual vocal attack on all of their releases is just so utterly insane that they're like one of the only bands that has gotten to that level that I think I can accept having two vocalists. Yeah. Because they they do it in such a unique way, where I'm certain they could get away with having just one guy doing it all, but it it works out so well. You know, the trade off and um, call and response vocal. As long as as long as you guys all get along, you know, it's like as far as as a band, as long as you work, it's not like uh, you're really losing anything by having another member, right? I mean, yeah, like you got to split things another way. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like uh, the two vocalists are like battling each other in this song, which is oh, really yeah. cool. I kind of like that. Two different There's, dynamics. The, the, yeah, I, I like that. There's songs where like you'll have a male and a female vocalist, and it yeah. always works. It always works nice. Like Coil, um, Coil by Opeth. Yep, yep. that was really cool. 
there's a song by Iced Earth called The Phantom Opera Ghost. Really good song. It's off of like a... Uh, shit, I can't think of what the album is. But they they have a female singer in one of the parts too. And like the right. dynamics they just are great. Yeah. Yeah, if you can do it right. Right, yeah. Um, shit, there's a Gojira song though, that's like that. It has... Uh, is it Dan Palatier is the lead singer of Gojira? Dan Palatier, Joe Palatier, Joe Duplantier, whatever. It's the same thing. Whatever. Duplantier is that what it is? Duplantier. Duplantier. It's him and Randy Blythe. Adoration of None. I'm pretty sure. I know what you're talking about. Yep. Where it starts off and with Randy doing the vocals. Yeah. That one's good. It starts off with Randy and then goes to Joe and back and forth. Yeah. See, that's that's cool. And I mean. There's certainly, like, different, like, spots where it's, like, I remember when Winds of Plague had, uh, they had one song off the Great Stone War that had Mitch Luger from Suicide Silence. And I'll, and I'll just be honest, like, I'm, I'm totally cool with listening to Deathcore, but, like, I don't really remember listening to that album, but I remember Cass Barney, who is a, was a huge fan of Winds of Plague, being, like, it sounds like they just wrote it for Mitch Luker to be special guest vocals on it. And, like, remembering back on it, I can kind of agree, you know? Like, they wrote a song, like, specifically to have guest vocals. I mean, that does happen. Right. No doubt about it. It's almost like you're, like, making, like, a selling point, you know? Yeah. Without having Mitch Luker on the track, it wouldn't be as cool. It seems gimmicky. Yes. Yeah. Um... I pretty much just have a playlist of a bunch of shit that I... Like, if I hear a cool song, I'm like, oh, that's going on my playlist. Mm-hmm. And then I right. just randomize it and then just listen to whatever. Oh, so it's yeah. not like I have, like, album-specific albums. Oh, yeah, I know how that is. I mean, Until, I... like, Between the Buried and Me releases their album. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that the one track that they released, the, the first single for Automata, is that what it's called? Yeah. That that was pretty cool. I was going to say, I haven't... The last couple between the buried me records have kind of like completely escaped like my radar and it's not that like i'm not interested in checking out it's almost like the like the devin townsend thing where he keeps releasing so much stuff that i just kind of forget yeah that he's released like four to five albums in the past like really an album a year if mm-hmm. not more yeah i don't we know how long it's yeah I don't know how long it's been since they released Coma Ecliptic, but it's been a couple of years. Right. And uh, But I don't even think I've heard uh, the Parallax. EP that came out before that. Yeah. There was Parallax EP, and then there was Parallax 2. Okay, so I heard the EP and not the full length. Yeah. The EP is like three tracks. It's still relatively lengthy, maybe like a half hour or so. Right. And it's a really good, it's a solid EP. The problem with EPs is that they're EPs, and they get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy, because in my opinion... EPs sometimes hold some of the best material. Mm-hmm. I still find both of Arsis's EPs, A Diamond for a Disease, oh, yeah. and um, The Leper's Caress, the, the Scion AV one that was for free, those have, I mean, granted, The Leper's Caress had like a lot of like old tunes that they just re-recorded, but like Six Coffins Wide and stuff like that, um, Promise of Never, those tunes off those two EPs for Arsis, I mean... To, in my opinion, those are some of the most memorable songs. What's, Obviously, everyone loves Diamond for Disease. And yeah, like and that's that. what I was going to say. It's like, that's a like, 12, 15-minute song at least. Yeah, 12 minutes, something like that. And 10, 12. It's like, when you do those EPs, you just have super long songs. I, 
I don't know what band you're talking about. I'm just, uh, I'm just so... crazy technical melodic death metal. Uh, the, yeah, they're um, they're they're cool shit. I I don't listen to a lot of metal anymore. I listen to Oceano sometimes. Right, uh, Surruption is definitely my favorite. Dude, I love Surruption. Um, if you want to hear a band that literally combines like the two best aspects of Surruption and Oceano, and this was kind of what I was gonna segue into with this topic. Um, Dying Fetus came out with a record last summer. It's called The Wrong One to Fuck With. Just the song, the album title alone. That should explain it. It's fucking heavy as fuck. I didn't know they were still, like, making music. They, see, they do it, they release an album when they want to. They don't do, like, the Black Dahlia Murder thing where they release an album every, like, year and a half. Scheduled, yeah. Yeah. Like, they'll just release, like, I think literally the last album came out, like, four or five years ago. You know, like, right when we came out of college and Mm -hmm. shit. I mean, high school. But, um, yeah. Wrong one to fuck with. It's like the perfect amount of technicality, the perfect amount of just heavy riffage. Yeah. The vocals <clears throat> are produced to perfection. John Gallagher's gurgly nonsense vocals are just so insanely low. It's perfect. It's like for any person that just likes heavy, brutal death metal, it's got sweeps in it. Well, yeah. and you know perfect. that they worked on it for a long time, too. And so. that's the other thing. This is, I think, like the a, first album like that Dying Fetus product. actually recorded themselves. I think they did, like, this all mm. themselves, where, like, the last couple, they actually, like, went to, like, a studio right, and shit yeah. like that. See, I like, um, I'm really pick. I'm not really picky with all music, but metal, I'm really, really fucking thick. Oh, that's with. understandable. Um, There's a lot of different types of metal, though. Yeah. yeah. And I've tried a lot. I think, I would say out of, out of all the artists I have on my phone, I know I have the Apple Music thing. And I think I have like three or four thousand songs in my library. I would say at least a thousand of those are like death metal, you know, hardcore, uh, deathcore stuff like that, metalcore. Uh, the the problem I have with metal is that to me it's it can get stale really fast. If oh yeah, that makes sense. Like uh, it's the same way I feel about rap music. Rap music right. can get stale really fast, but uh, like classic rock, obviously Pink Floyd and Rush and Dream Theater and Red Hot Chili Peppers, they're my, like my Mount Rushmore. I never get sick of them, but it's hard for me to find uh, a metal band that I don't get sick of eventually. And I mean, I've, and, I've uh, had this conversation with Mark a lot, and um, you realize that a lot of bands, once they hit their at least their second album and they're making their third full length, they hit a point where they either have to go like what Cannibal Corpse did and just like stick balls to the wall to just brutal death metal. Yeah. You know, like they haven't changed literally almost anything when it comes to song structure, writing style, anything since basically after the bleeding, mm-hmm. you know, with Chris Barnes. Um, but then like a band like, you know, like the like wretched or even like Arsis. Once they get to a second album, it's kind of like we gotta up our ante a little yeah. bit. You know, we either have to Definitely. make something a little more technical. You know, we had to add just something that's a little different from the last two records to keep people interested. And there's you know? uh, there's two bands that come to mind with that. Uh, the first one is System of a Down. If you listen to their first album. Right. And then Toxicity, and then uh, Steal This Album, and then I think it goes Hypnotize, Mesmerize. Mesmerize yeah. uh, each one, the sound's the same, 
a little bit, but there's little different nuances. Each they one. have a very familiar sound, and yes, they keep definitely. it throughout their entire career. But I think it's the the topics is what changes, right? And uh, that's what I like about them. See, this is why I like Between the Berry to me because it's a they write their albums as stories, and they're yeah. all one piece. But I mean, even they're a great example. <clears throat> where once you change. get to like Alaska, like that's to me is like. They finally found their yes. somewhat signature sound, and yeah. Colors is like the perfection of it. Yeah, like Colors Alaska, is Alaska's great phenomenal. because they it's all heavy. Like oh, that's yeah. their heaviest. Like as far as in that sound, that's their heaviest one. Before that, I mean, they were basically a hardcore band. Yeah, I mean, Silent Circus and stuff like that mm-hmm. has some really crazy riffage too. Yeah, but I definitely get what you're there's, saying. There's a few tracks from each one that I can pick out for sure that are great. Like Silent Circus yeah. was good, and Between the Buried and Me was good. But I thought, like at Alaska, they 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 found their sound, and then Colors was just the culmination. It yeah. was absolutely perfect. And then Parallax too, they changed things. They changed like the way that they they decided to mix in more like melodic hooks and hmm. a lot more of the um, falsetto vocals, right? Mm-hmm. Catchy kind of stuff. And then this the same with Coma Ecliptic. So I'm interested to see like what way they go with Automata because it seems like it's a like you can tell it has a different sound already right. than what it, their previous albums but had. But it's still but it's still essentially between a barrier. Yeah. <gasps> And, and, like, that's the one thing with, like, Cannibal apologies. Corpse. It's, like, once they got George Fisher in the band after the bleeding, it's, like, it's still technically mm-hmm. Cannibal Corpse, but, like, there's definitely, like, a sound difference in, like, Vile and Wretched Spawn. For sure. Than there is for the first four records. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have Vile, and it's just a brutal album. Like, oh, yeah. Like, it's just constantly hitting you in the face. And then, you know, it's, like... They're still releasing stuff too, but with they Cannibal just released Corpse, an album last year. Just, yeah. yeah, just recently, and I think they get old. They they're very much like it, it dr- starts to drone on. Yeah, right. When you listen uh, to it, we saw. I saw Cannibal Corpse. It was me, my buddy Shane, my other friend Jake, uh, another buddy uh, Will. Basically, me and my college metalhead friends, and then uh, Wes and Ashley and two of Wes's other. Was that the friend. loss with Shrepsha? Yeah, you were there. Cattle sure. Decap. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a great with show. Decap. What's weird to me is that they they can constantly be brutal, but they can also get boring. That's the right. thing. It's, it's so um, weird. That's how, that's when I got into Shrepsha because it was like. I ended up getting kicked out like halfway through Cannibal Corpse's set because. Uh, well, good thing they're the last band, so. Yeah. At least you didn't like get kicked in the stomach and. No, this guy, something. you've been at The Lost, right? Yeah, yeah. M- multiple times. This guy I've, played, kept trying, I've played at The Lost. <laughs> yeah, okay. So this guy kept trying to like jump off of the railing that's above like the pit and right. stuff. And, you know, he was fucking belligerently hammered. And Obviously. my buddy Jake and I kept like, you know, grabbing him and being like, dude, don't do that. Like, you're going to land right on that table. Like, <laughs> like, if you remember what it looked like when that show was going on, it was the railing, and then, like, all the tables were pushed back, and then it was the people. And he's like, no, dude, I'm going to make this jump. I'm going to make this jump. So eventually we, we dragged him down, bitched him out, dragged him down, bitched him out, dragged him out, bitched him out. Eventually he shoved us, and we started swinging, and Jake and I got kicked out about halfway through Animal Corpse's set. But uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Said, it was something about disruption. It yeah. wasn't upsetting because it was Cannibal Corpse, and but you got to see Surreptitious. You were saying something about Cannibal Corpse. 
God fucking damn it. Now I'm pissed. But but uh but anyway. But back <laughs> anyway. to the topic of like, you know, bands either maintaining a sound or progressing it to a different sound. Actually Cal Decapitation is a great example of that because they started off as a pretty generic, you know, like carcass gore grind band and now they're doing like I don't know how you describe it, like progressive technical gore grind death metal. Mm-hmm. See, and you that's know. Pushing boundaries both vocally, riffs-wise, and all sorts. What did you just say that was? What? That, that genre. Gore grind. Uh, gore? Bl- what did you just say? Can you repeat that? What I would call... Carcass? <laughs> oh, like, Carcass is um a band from England. Okay. So They like, started, like, them and uh, a Napalm carcassy, Death. A carcassy gore grind yeah. death metal. See, and that is another thing. Not that it's bad, but that's oh no, subgenres that... can get so yes. fucked up. I'm glad you knew where I was coming. No, from. No, and we talked they get about this. So yeah. fucking weird. It's like I remember getting into an argument with somebody about Opeth, and they were like, "I was." That's the easiest band. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. that's, that's another one that like... transformed quite a bit. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's the thing. At least there was like a progression up until Watershed. Yeah. After yeah. Watershed, like Mike Lackfell's like, um. I wrote an album that sounded like Watershed. Everyone else didn't like it's, it, so I did something different. Look, it should just be Mikhail Ackerfeld. Like, thank you. It should just be Mikhail Ackerfeld. Not thank Opeth. you. Yep. I it's mean, Opeth. I I didn't listen to a lot of um. <sighs> what was it? What's that album? That Storm Corrosion. That's what he did. Yeah, with? yeah. With but Steven I remember a lot of the stuff really good, off though. the last couple Opeth albums reminding me of Storm Corrosion. Yeah. So it, it that's what I immediately thought was like, why didn't he just? Make another project. Storm Corrosion album. Yeah. Instead of I, I, attacking the Opeth name. Not even that. Like, just just be Mikel Ackerfeld. Release it as Mikel Ackerfeld. Yeah, like a solo album. Yeah. People know who he is. Yeah, right. But it's just... I mean, I, I can Christ. understand like continuing the name. the name of Opeth. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where it's like, now we've gotten to a point like the last album to me just doesn't even sound like Opeth anymore. Mm-hmm. No. Dude, Watershed um, was great. Dude, Watershed was great. We, dude, we, we both saw that the town ballroom in Buffalo, right? You were at that show yeah, with High yeah. on Fire, Knock Mistium. Yeah. Dude, that, that show dirty. was awesome. There's one show that I went... The first time I saw Opeth, it was an unreal lineup, and I'll never see anything like it ever again. It was this band called Three. Dude. They were... Uh, the, the, I think it was the drummer from like Coheed and Cambria or something like that. Yeah, the it's drummer and I think the, the guitar player was, was the also one that got Coheed. arrested for armed robbery. Because they're they're two brothers. They were, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very similar to Coheed and Cambria in a lot of ways. See, and that's the thing. I like three. Mm-hmm. Like, have never been able to get into Coheed. Really, really. I don't know. They, why. They're a little different. They are. Right. Even, uh, what the fuck's the album with Welcome Home? Oh, a pile uh, burning. See, I, that's probably yeah. the one that most people have shown it's me. That's the good, only album. Good Apollo I mean, Burning Star or something. That's the only album I like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good album. Hmm. Just because I think uh, it's 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 got a good flow to it. It's hard to explain. It's like uh, the wall. There's right. a lot of di- there's the a lot wall, of um, dips, all, yeah, it, peaks yeah, and valleys. It all flows into each other. Yeah. The wall starts off within the flesh to get you pumped. But that sure, album yeah. that and three it. was pushing at the time, I think it's called "The Beginning Is the End" or something like. Beginning that. of the end, yeah, dude, that album, so good, perfect. Yeah, it was great. Um, I would, uh, I would try listening to that album. Yeah, dude, you should. Definitely. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I if would, there's if. Go ahead. If you haven't listened to three, you should listen to that too. Right. I'll check them out. That's a really a cool um, album. <clears throat> but Mark also saw Opeth. 
when now he first this, saw them. Yeah, now this show Into Eternity unreal. and Nevermore. Oh, okay. Dude, yeah. That's it, dope. It was like right when Deliverance oh, and Damnation came out. Oh, okay. And okay. he saw it with like Grant Davis and I think Steve Lacerdo. But it was like literally right when Into Eternity got Stu Block on vocals. And now he's singing for Ice Dirt. Yeah. And he's, he's awesome. Dude, he is phenomenal. I like him a lot. Crazy. I, I liked him a lot in Into Eternity better, though. Oh, yeah. Because he had more of a freedom. He had more freedom to do whatever and, and he wanted. And it's sad because I, I watched a, a clip of him doing guest vocals for Into Eternity after he had left and did Iced Earth. And mm-hmm. it's it must be him getting used to just solely doing the clean melodic vocals for Iced Earth. He can't do the, the growls anymore. Yeah. Which it's kind of a bummer, you know. It takes it away just, a lot from that. There's There were some songs that I heard from Into Eternity that was just, like, unbelievable. Like, he'd do high-pitched vo- screams, and then he'd do growls, and then he'd do, like, well, I mean, these the fucked crazy up falsetto. Is, like, the first, I think, two or three albums of Into Eternity, it was actually all the guitarists, Tim Roth, doing vocals. Yeah, okay. Which is, like, like Scattered Ashes, which was the album that my brother, I remember, bringing home. And yeah. that... Oh my gosh, that has like all of like the hits on it. And uh you know what I love about metal? Even though I don't like all metal, it's this. Yeah. It's uh I think it's the it's the it's the easiest genre to discuss and compare and contrast. Well, because there's a lot to it. There's right. a lot to it. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know. Uh I was gonna say the other band It's not the easiest to be accessible. Like it's not the easiest to jump into. There's oh, no, a, there's I would a, say it's the easiest to. Uh, there's a threshold that you have to surpass. I think it's the easiest to discuss. I guess. Is what but I here's the said. thing. Here's the thing that I've always. Have you ever seen the movie Metal: A Headbanger's Journey? Yes. Yep. Really good movie. And there's a quote in there where he says something like, "If if you don't feel, if you don't feel it, like if you don't feel metal when you first hear it, you're not gonna ever get it." Yeah. And, exactly. And he's like, "We're doing fine without you." Right. And it's like, you're spot on. Like, you are absolutely spot mm-hmm. on. There's something about it that... It just clicks. As, yeah, yeah. yeah you, right know, you know and, you like it. And you know you can talk to people and be like, a stranger. Oh, what do you listen to? Oh, you know, I listen... Like, if I'm answering, I'll be like, oh, I listen to, like, you know, classic rock, some country, some rap. I really like metal. Be like, okay, so what kind of metal? And then you go in, mm-hmm. and then... Within that next sentence or two, now there's a grab them or lose them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, nowadays it's all just gent, which is crazy. Like a lot of gent is just getting super like ridiculous. See, it uh, it all sounds the same. Like ever since Periphery started doing it, it was like it became the sound, and like a lot of bands want to do it. And back to the whole genre thing, that's a problem I have with the term progressive death metal right now, because that immediately equates to gent. Yeah. Like nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's some like, you know, you know, little differences, <laughs> like, I guess, but like, it's so weird, the categories, it's, but it's like you're saying, it's like, as soon as the Melodic first, Gothic death you know, animals as leaders, periphery album came yeah. out, yeah, you know, and like people have bastardized like Tesseract sound and like those sort of bands. And yeah. now like, there's it like, even diluted. like, you know, it there's like diluted. all the, like a black instrumental bands like Chan and, uh, uh, Polyphia, I think, is the other yeah, one. Polyphia. You know, and um, they're they're great. You know, they're yeah, great I mean, musicians. It, but, but like I said, is, is it progressive if everyone's doing it? Right. Like, it's, it's not, not progressing it's the not, genre, really. No. To me, so. it seems more of a show offy genre of metal. Oh, too, definitely. Which I kind of just, I don't know. I never was big on that kind of stuff. 
there's a fine line. And that's why bringing there's, up like, the Dying Fetus album earlier, that's like the perfect amount of technicality and just like straight good riffage. Yeah. You know, it's not like sweeps and just like thousand riffs going on, like Archspire or something like that. I think the furthest I'll go, like I like when you're technical, but I like, there has to be some kind of melody. Something right. has to grab me. And I think there's a there's an album by Jeff Loomis called uh, Miles of Machines, yes. I think it's called. Yep, yep. And it's super, super good. And that's, oh, yeah. like, right on the border. Like, where he's kind of neoclassical, mm-hmm. but he's also, like, super technical and fast. But it's catchy. Right. There's catchy... There, Like, there's stuff that gets stuck in your head. And I think uh, Arch Enemy was really good at doing that, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Super, like, uh, melodic. Which, hilariously enough, Jeff Loomis is playing in. Yeah, he is. Yeah. That's correct. I forgot all about that. And they're still going at it. And they yep. got the, the singer from... Uh, uh, the agonist, or... yeah, the agonist. Yeah, forgot her name. Uh, I don't know, but they don't have Angela Gossett. Andy Winehouse, so. something like that. I think, yeah, I yeah. think it's, I think it's Andy Winehouse. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> but anyway, um, going um, back to this Aman- show, Amanda Whiskey Place, <laughs> something okay. like that. Yeah. Do you guys like doom metal at all? Candle Mass. Candle Mass is cool. Okay, yeah. I haven't gotten I mean, into it really. Doom. To, for like a lot of the people that I hang out with is such a like weird genre because like yeah. my drummer for uh, my band the Crimson Edge Alex Elatan he likes a lot of the doom like almost like death doom like bands like from like Finland and Sweden like Morgion mm. and and stuff like that where mm. it's like the riffs are so slow just yeah and it's like the guy's not even actually growling he just like this is like really low like, like monotone like like s- like sano or something yeah it's like he's he's not, like he's not even growling he's just like like I, I could never get the appeal like i, I tried listening to sano and it's just this really low drone droning okay. i would i would check out candle mass their uh their debut album uh apicus dumacus metallicus yes. is it's perfect. It's it's great. But see, that actually has like riffs. Yeah. Where it's, it's like you're you're talking about like stuff. a noise drone. It's a drone. That's all it is. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you want to hear like the halfway point from like Sun, and I guess Candlemass would be like a band like Earth, which definitely does yeah. like the droning Earth aspect. But they clearly like will like use like a blues riff and just draw it the fuck mm-hmm. out. Pentagram is good too. Pentagram is like almost like straight up like Black Sabbath worship. Yeah, they're like the first American like Black Sabbath band. And, and the, there's a documentary on the vocalist Bobby Liebling. Great documentary if you want to hear their fucked up story of Pentagram. I suggest it. And hmm. Black Sabbath is. I've had this discussion with my dad and my uncle Frank. I like Black Sabbath, but obviously, I didn't grow up. In the early 70s. Right. And neither of us grew up, grew up in the early 70s. But if you listen to Black Sabbath, what made them so different from the bands back then? Because if you listen to some of it, they sound like a sort of heavier... They sound like Led Zeppelin and Drop D. I, you know I think I, mean? I mentioned this when Cass was here. Graham. There's... there's or Yeah, Graham. Or, yeah. Well, we want to get Cass on, too. Yeah, I would, we we're actually thinking about having him on, like, this week. Like, Do next it. week. If he, without a doubt, if he do if he does, yeah. But um, I was what the fuck were we just talking about? Oh, the production. It's the production. I think and it's I like mean, there's not really like you can't really get the sound of Black Sabbath anymore. And no. I, I won't, I will not lie. I am not a huge fan of Led Zeppelin. 
I am not a huge fan of uh, Rolling Stones or a lot of the stuff that people dig for the Beatles. Okay, no, that's fine. Led Zeppelin's the only but, one, uh, whatever. Well, and that's but the thing. A lot of people the like the Beatles, call Led Zeppelin like, you know, one of the godfathers of metal. You know, comparison to Sabbath. I remember Look, watching there's... the VH1 thing when I was like 12 or 13. They're like, top 10 bands that made metal. And like... I remember getting to, like, the top three, and it was like, number two is Sabbath? Wait, what? Then who's number one? And it ended up being Led Zeppelin. But the thing that, and I mean, I think it's mostly just because Led Zeppelin was a band before Sabbath was. I think, well, yeah. I could I could see it, I guess. But the one thing I want to get is, is that Sabbath went balls to the wall, both with how loud they played and how bass-heavy. Not yeah. really so much distortion at the time. Geezer Butler cranked his sound, and he was actually the one that wrote most of the riffs, you know, like Paranoid, Sweet Leaf, even like songs like NIB, mm-hmm. Snowblind. He wrote the major like riffs, and then Tony Iommi was just like, all right, yeah, I can like make a cool riff out of that. And I think that majorly pushes like the heaviness mm-hmm. at that time and it's kind of like what seth was getting at with the production having such a bass heavy sound at the time yeah and not only that the fact that it's old you can't right. the, the production now is just so crisp and fucking perfect that right like, you don't you don't necessarily get that anymore and and i think i can see what they're saying with zeppelin that they, they did deliver the way they, they were heavier their... than the other top bands yeah they were yeah. heavier than pink floyd the beatles the rolling stones and, and, and the thing like is that. like yeah, yeah. Bands like that, there's people that don't like them and do like them, but there's no there's no denying what they've done. Oh yeah, there just isn't. And I think they're bands that like I I like to go back and listen to once in a while, Mm -hmm. but they're not like a like an like an all day vape. No, (laughs) no, that's understandable. See, and um, Zeppelin's one of my favorite bands, but it's definitely uh, it's a the acquired taste of Zeppelin is a combination of the yeah. vocals right. and just the the weird I don't want to say time signature but like the weird rhythm of some of their songs oh yeah like some of the riffs are definitely wonky like the ocean is bam bam and it's just it's all over the place and it's plus you know I thought we were making an Aqua Teen yeah, Force reference going. there. <laughs> it's that Alive! <laughs> but uh, also, uh, Jimmy album. Page was a fucking statutory rapist. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we talked about that in like the first episode, the very first episode. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I, I was reading about it, and I was like, just out of nowhere, I was just like, you guys know. Uh, Jimmy Page had a groupie that was only 14 years old. <laughs> like, do you think her parents were proud of that? No. Oh, honey. Maybe. I don't know. That, that was your age. It was a different age. It was a different era. You it know? was. You can't it do was that a different, now, It was a different time. Well, obviously. You so, shouldn't do So anyway, shouldn't, going back to the up. show that I was talking about <laughs> forever ago. Aqua Teen? Uh, no. Uh, South Park. With three. Yes. Jesus they played Christ. first. And then Between the Buried and Me played, and I had, like, I didn't even, I had heard of them, but I didn't know who the fuck they were. Right. And they were playing, like, they were basically touring Colors, like, it was towards the end of Colors, and they were doing a whole bunch of their songs from that, and then stuff from, like, Misdirect, I think. Cool. And, um, 
then it was Opeth. So three between the buried and me, Opeth, and then Dream Theater. Wow, headlines. We're that like, is fucking yeah. amazing. These, yeah, those bands insane. all could be headliners easily. Yeah, <sighs> even at that time, it was called Progressive Nation, and it was in. Um, yep. I want to say Albany or I I think it was Albany. That is amazing. I I remember that tour. I didn't Mm -hmm. go see it, but I remember there was a whole bunch of people from here. Yep. That I, that I saw there. That's fucking insane. And then, uh, I think the second time I saw them was with Devin Townsend and cynic. And that was in Rochester. (laughs) Yeah. They're a great band. Dude. Yeah. I saw cynic headline at the montage music hall. And it was right when um, Hallucination Speak, and that, that, well, not the last album. Well, I guess it was their last full length that came out. And that was just perfect. <laughs> Why are you caressing the. It's hot. It sounds it sounds like it. It's getting fucking late, boys. Traced and Air is a great fucking album, though. Dude, I, Focus I and Traced and Air are both great. Both of those are huge influences to me. Just awesome classic classic cynic great riffs riffs for days but i think what we're surmising from this is that uh metal's cool rock yeah. is <laughs> rock is dead yeah no. <laughs> no it's all about it's all about trap music i got two <laughs> phones one for the plug one for the hose i got two Phones, one for the bitches and one for the dough. You just have the guy mumbling behind you. <laughs> Fucking Kevin Gates. Son. I can't. Like, what's funny is I can't get this chair to squeak when I try to, but when I don't want it to, it, it does. Right. It's like a nice woman. There it goes. I, I don't think so. <laughs> no, they don't squeak when you want them to. <laughs> never, never, never. <laughs> All right, what's the... Uh... All right, yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. Sounds sounds good to me. Unless we have some sweet topics to to talk about. So there's some sweet topics to talk about. Does anybody have sweet topics? Actually, let me see if I uh... <laughs> this, send this us the, your this sweet. This is topics. easily the best part of the podcast right now, <laughs> yeah. where we just question each other. You got some sweet topics? <laughs> no, I already, sweet topics. I already I already really covered all my. Send things. us some uh, topics, um, PO box. <laughs> we we can just revisit the topics that we poorly talked about earlier. Yeah. Someone I mean, snail mail. Mine was mine was mostly just the the powder hot pockets and uh, uh, yeah, transgender yeah. people can't get mad that I don't want to suck their dicks. That's right. about it. Uh, yeah, I feel like you just wanted to get the hot pockets through, and then you checked out. Yeah, <laughs> basically the opposite, the opposite of Dunkston. Dunkston checks in, Dobus checks out. You can't explain that. Oh, all right, okay. Well, thanks for coming, man. Dude, yeah, this <laughs> has been awesome. This it was is fun. Great. What's it was that? fun. I can't wait to hang out in like a week. Yeah, yeah. It's the twenty third. Yeah, like next Saturday. Next Saturday. Or Friday. Next Friday. Saturday. So the plan, um, for, I want to get that TV to, like, be there. Cause if I thought we videos, weren't doing that. If we're going to do videos, though, I feel like it'd be nice. Because if the camera's over there. Hi, have everybody. Video there. Uh, yeah, we'll have a video there. It'd be nice. Yeah, it works for me. Yeah, I dig that. That's a cool idea. You're not allowed back. All right. This is a, it's a one and done thing. <laughs>
I see how it is. You have to pay for each subsequent view. So, so the other the other people paid in to, to yeah. come back on. You got to buy in. Beef ammo is just like six hundred bucks. That's why he's not back. Mm-hmm. I wonder <laughs> why I don't animal. see him out. <laughs> and yeah. Bill Bill's not allowed back. Well, no, Bill. Uh, the Bill, second last time we had Bill, we Bill didn't fucking record, didn't record. So. We did a fucking uh, we did a WWE Royal Rumble companion podcast, okay. and it didn't record. I'm just making sure I'm recording right now because. <laughs> <laughs> It, it recorded the first half, and then for some reason the second half was like, "No, we're not gonna for a do bill." That. Yeah, yeah. No, that was bullshit. I was, mm, we were fucking pissed. Wow. But yeah, but we were also watching wrestling. The entire time, <laughs> so it didn't really so. matter. Right. We, we were being like, we were really drunk and and, and pervy because we were watching the women's Royal Rumble, and we were just like, <laughs> "Okay, all right, that's a nice." Crack. I see how it is. You know what I mean? I guess so. Not really. I mean, more or less. There's going to be a women's uh, elimination chamber match at the next pay per view. Are they all going to be naked? I don't think so. No. Is unless Amazon going to send them free sex toys? <laughs> unless they put that rule into effect that we were talking about, where no one can wear clothes. That should be a new. You know, I think we could get a hold of Trump and convince him easily. It seems like something he'd be for. All he has to do is tweet it. Yeah. Tweet it into existence. Yeah. All right, I guess that's it. I guess, yeah, that, I guess, I guess we'll we're just we're just gonna end on that. I Trump's gonna make everyone naked. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're gonna enter World War Three in about six months because South no North Korea is mad that you know everyone's naked. Yeah. South Korea will be mad too because the Olympics get fucked up because everyone's naked. Everybody dies of frostbite. <laughs> everyone, everyone, even the people that are clothed, they die of frostbite. Everyone in, everyone in South, in South Park. I don't know. I, I could see it happening. South Korea. Yeah, instantly. I feel like things would be stinky, though. Especially because they're all eating fucking general sows, man. Okay. Fucking MSG is not good for pussy stink. <coughs> all right, that's it, finally. <laughs> that's it. We'll cut that off. We're done. Thank you for listening or watching or whatever you're doing. We'll see you next time. Clear Shots Podcast is available on any of your favorite podcasting websites or applications you can check us out at clearshotspodcast.com to hear any of the episodes also follow us on facebook uh, i think it's facebook.com slash clearshotspodcast to get there and you can also check us out on twitter at clearshotspod thank you for listening and we will see you next time <laughs>